I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we're discussing the trailers for Army of Thieves, Vacation Buddies, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and our movie of the week, The Mexican. Right, JV, another week. Sir. A few trailers to kind of run through here. Let's talk about the prequel, sequel. What's going on here for the Army of Thieves? Uh, I believe it's just a prequel to theater. Yeah. I didn't see anybody else involved with it from uh, Army of the Dead. Didn't we talk about how this guy was our favorite character? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then weeks after that movie dropped, this came out that this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about this for a second. So he is living a not so fun life, and then he kind of gets thrust into this bank vault type action scheme or whatever. Right. And I think he has a lot of. You know, his same kind of uh, quirky nicks and and hijinks that he does that he kind of brings to the table mm-hmm. is going to be apparent in, in here. So, yeah, we'll kind of get his backstory and see how he ended up in that in that little uh, uh, locksmith job that he was in. In that Vegas predicament is what yeah. I like to call it, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, just don't take me back to that movie. But no, man, this... Uh, <laughs> You know, a it almost is like uh, Netflix and Zack Snyder was listening to us, and we were like, more of this guy, right? Right, yeah, that was completely movie in a pod that made this movie happen. 
You're welcome, world. Okay, <laughs> happened here. Okay, we make things move on this pod. <laughs> so yeah, this one is going to be a, uh, I think, a quick Netflix watch that mm-hmm. um, I'll pop on one one Sunday to watch and see how he started his whole uh, safe cracking skill. So we'll yeah. see, man. Let's talk about this one, man. We got another John Cena vehicle, <laughs> right? We just saw this dude in like Fast and the Furious Forty Seven. <laughs> Um, as you know, Dom's long lost brother, right? This one, you know, he kind of doing the comedic turn and he's done this before. Yeah. There was like this, that firefighter movie or whatever that he was in. It was like a more of a kiddie movie, but then there was, uh, blockers Mm -hmm. originally called C blockers but you know yeah. they, have, they have to change it to make it more P- pc but this dude's funny i mean he really is though he's <laughs> he, he's really he commits very well to his role whether it's a serious thing or you know he's supposed to be goofy and he's but he's always had a, a fun personality i mean even, even back to like wrestling, wrestling. yeah exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was always a fun personality and this dude i, I was i don't think i've ever laughed that much in a trailer yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if those are the highlights from the movie, you know, I'm hoping the movie is still solid. Just definitely brings it home, man. And you got Lori yeah. Howery, who this guy's funny, man. He's been in, <laughs> in in a lot of stuff. I I love to to see comics, these little actors or whatever, kind of start doing bigger things, man. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's it's the it's the Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, kind of Kevin Hart. Seinfeld yeah. and like everybody wants to do movies if they're you know go from comedy stage to like m- movies and stuff is that how they, they do it so this would be a good little vehicle for him as well to see how he kind of progresses in his career it looks <laughs> absolutely hilarious yeah, yeah, just the premise al- al- just the premise alone <laughs> like meeting somebody on vacation and now you're best yeah. friends like crazy well, yeah, they think they're best friends. They right? think they're best friends. Yeah, yeah. So they just kind of stalk them for a little while, and <laughs> it's really kind of creepy when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it should be fun. He's when he's drinking that drink, he's like, he's like the salt. Why does the salt taste like salt? Like because the salt's cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's yeah. go, man. Cool, man. So let's also talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. And before we jump into this, that movie that came out a few years ago with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and everything, it wasn't as bad as everybody (laughs) said it was. People trashed that movie that it wasn't good. It just wasn't what they're expecting is what it was. That happens all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want something and it just doesn't deliver what you would expect from a a follow-up movie kind of like that, right? Yeah. But it was funny. Chris Hemsworth was hilarious. Oh, dude, yes. But yes. It, it didn't it didn't fall in line with the type of movie the other Ghostbusters movies were. It was, you know, it was and, more of a comedy. Yeah, and they went a totally different direction, right? Where they made yeah. they like hammed up the comedy. Where the the first two movies, yeah, there was a lot of comedic bits, but there was some serious parts. You know, there was some yes. stuff they had, some distress they had to go through. It's just that you didn't think that they were ever in distress in this Ghostbusters answer the call movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But that, but that's that, man. We have yeah. 
the follow-up to Ghostbusters 2 right here. This is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Way into the future, the movie is is now, follows the story of Egon's grandchildren. Yeah. At, at the farm, and they find the Ecto-1, and they find all the <laughs> equipment, right? Mm-hmm. And Paul Rudd's like the uh, the teacher, and they some stuff, some paranormal activity starts happening around this mm-hmm. this kind of like town out there in the country or the sticks or whatever, and it gets crazy. And yeah, we start seeing the uh, the the mini Stay Puft Marshmallow Men, just cute man. We, like, <laughs> yeah, it was one that like jumps down and stabs another one through the head with an umbrella. <laughs> Hilarious. What about that RC ghost trap? Dude, yeah, I saw Dude. that. That was kind of fire. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I think this is going to be the call that that everybody wanted, the, the movie that we wanted that other one to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably going to be fun. I mean, we got Paul Run in it. I'm sorry, but I don't care what the man's doing. It's going to be funny. Comedic genius, man, right? Just, just stand is, there. Just stand just there. what it is. Yeah, just stand there and look. <laughs> Comedic genius, man. <laughs> Yeah, the premise of this one looks like it's going to kind of pick up, I want to say, I can't remember which Ghostbusters it is, but the one with, with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's the first one. Yep. Is that the first one? Mm-hmm. Where it's kind of another dimension type situation and things are coming in. Well, you're I'm right. Excited. Remember the do- remember the that giant dog beast that turned yeah. to stone and Sigourney Weaver came out? That thing chased Paul Rudd's character out the, out of uh, Walmart. Did you catch that at the oh, end? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was so, running out of Walmart. I think her name was the the demon's name was like Zul or whatever in the first one. Yeah. The first Ghostbusters. So I think maybe that that's who's popping out of that cavern mm. or whatever. I don't know, man. But it I could mean, be like a mark this down. Mark you know, this down right now. So dude, we know we got calling it again. Calling it again, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. But you know, it's that Star Wars effect, right? There was Star Wars A New Hope. Where they destroy the um, Death Star. And then you got Star Wars with the first one with Rey, Episode 7, right? Which was a fantastic one. And they destroy that Earth Death Star, right? So mm-hmm. could you be resetting the universe, the, 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 the series, but kind of using the same motifs in a different way? I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. Very excited. Yeah, I'm me personally, man, like... Everybody had their heroes growing up. Uh, obviously, comic books, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, you know, Black Panther and all these other uh, characters. But everything outside of that, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster, man. I thought that was oh. the coolest job on the planet. I want to slide down that pole. I want to catch some uh, ghosts and just be badass. And, I mean, I wanted Sigourney Weaver, so, you know. I there mean, was that too. Who did? Who did? <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested to see where Paul Rudd's character falls out in all this. Where like maybe he's he running, stra- maybe yeah. he straps on a proton pack or something. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome if he just ends up in like some coveralls? That'd be, that'd be badass. <laughs> <laughs> but I also love how they're watching all these old commercials, these like New York yeah. commercials of the Ghostbusters. Right, mm-hmm. and they're watching it on YouTube, man. So this tells you how much time has flown by <laughs> since the, these movies, man. So this is wild. So I don't know, man. It's gonna be fun. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. definitely be the first person in the theater for that when oh, that yeah. drops. All right, man. So 
our movie of the week. Let's go ahead and sure. just get this started and discuss it. We decided to choose uh, The Mexican. This came out in 2001. The reason why we chose this is um, J.K. Simmons was in our last movie. Sure. So we, we chose him because he was in this movie. So this movie is directed by uh, Gore Verbinski. It's written by J.H. Wyman. It had a budget of $57 million. And brought in $147.8 million at the box office. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Payday. We have a fairly small cast. Uh, we got Brad Pitt as Jerry, our basically our main character for the movie. Uh, Julia Roberts as Samantha. James Gandolfini as Winston. J.K. Simmons as Ted. Uh, Bob Balaban, maybe, as Bernie. And we have David Crumholtz as Beck. <laughs> and also oh, Gene, Gene Hackman as Arnold Mangalese. Oh, yeah. All right. So, so like you do every week, man, uh, give us a quick synopsis of what this movie is about. So man's forced to do a job to recover one of a, a one of a con pistol named the Mexican. So he gets in deep uh, with multiple quote unquote organizations that are attempting to collect this pistol. Uh, and they don't mind often Jerry, you know, if that's what it takes. And so he's on the run. There's also a love story twist in here uh, between Jerry and Sam. And, you know, who hasn't had feelings about this woman at some point in their life? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Julia Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Sorry, man. So let's uh, jump into the plot a little bit here watch this movie when it came out but re-watching it now it's actually more nuanced than i thought it was you know 21 years ago when i actually watched this one 20 21 years ago when i watched this movie you know we have jerry and he's this down on his luck mafia gopher right go for this go for that do this do that mm -hmm. go to mexico to retrieve this valuable one-of-a-kind pistol called the mexican like you said but this movie's kind of broken up in two parts right you have like Jerry's adventure in Mexico and you got Sam's adventure heading to Vegas. Right. Right. And I like the conclusion that it kind of brings them both in Mexico fighting for their, their lives. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have a fun ride along the way too. You know, so, you know, this, this pistol, you know, the Mexican, the name of the movie is this pistol and it's sought out by Jerry, a few hitmen, some Mexican locals and basically everybody in this damn film. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all it's about. Yeah. Since they're on this magical thing. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. Or some, or somebody's hired by somebody else to, to get it for them. It's a whole mess. So as far as the plot's concerned, uh, the whole thing is, you know, it's fun uh, from beginning to end, even though it's, you know, it gets serious and there's some killing and stuff involved in it. Jerry, Brad Pitt's character is funny through the whole movie. It's just the worst look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, most, most unlucky man, like, with everything. One thing after another keeps him from actually getting this gun to where he wants it to be. Exactly. He has one job. Which, which, which makes up the movie, right? And, <laughs> and it's... It's okay. I have the from start to finish. He has the gun in his hands numerous times. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the very beginning of the movie, he gets the gun like five minutes into him being in Mexico. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like they say, go to Mexico, meet Beck. He's got the gun and bring it back. 
and that happens. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so, it's it's funny because uh, throughout the entire movie, you know, they tell these uh, these these three tales about how yeah. the gun is cursed, right? The three things yeah. that happen about why this pistol is so sacred and valuable and fire by disaster and, and, and it's curse. So there's some really bad omens around this pistol. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because like Jerry is this down on your luck mafia gopher <laughs> who is near it and just bad stuff happens to him. Right? <laughs> I don't yeah. think he's a bad guy, but bad stuff happens to him around this pistol. Yeah. And, reasons in this position you know which we learned through the movie is margulies he ran into his car at some point yeah right there was an accident and margulies had a person in his trunk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up going to prison so somewhere along the line jerry is paying back that jail time somehow right yeah uh by by doing these jobs and working these things for for uh, Margulies and Bernie, which is kind of the guy heading up, I guess. Yeah, Margulies' so henchmen and things like that. You know the the funny thing about this, this gun in, in this movie is that the the Mexican locals, right? They believe they're going to be cursed and bad people around it will die. And the funny thing is, that's exactly what happens throughout the entire movie, right? Like, like yeah. people around this gun die you know yeah. and it's funny the way that the director and the writer kind of kind of shape it it's there's there's good and bad there's bad people there's worse people and there's good good people and it's like yeah. those people on like the worst spectrum are the ones who die right not saying that jerry is a is a good you know like a like a protagonist good person right but he is not as bad as other people in this film Right. Yeah, it's kind of caught caught up in a mess, and he's trying to get that he out. Can't get out of. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and then just the whole complicated scheme to set up Jerry and the pistol. Like that's <laughs> that was probably like my funny my my favorite part is when he kind of realizes that he was set up, but kind of like wins the the day. Mm-hmm. It's really complicated. Really, like a lot of scheming and backstabbing happening. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes the movie fun throughout right yeah so like he said he said he's trying to get out and then sam breaks up with him because she doesn't want him to leave a whole mess she gets kidnapped and then we meet winston right winston or leroy we don't know at this point (laughs) in time right we we don't know but that's the other part that's the other adventure where she's heading to vegas which he, she wants him to go with him, Jerry, but he has to do yeah. this last job. And I love it. He's like, baby, I want to be with you. I want to be married with you, but it's going to be tough if I'm pumped full of like uh straw and <laughs> formaldehyde. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> they're going to kill me. So yeah. I got I to gotta do this. So, yeah. you know, she goes to Vegas and gets kidnapped by a hitman named Leroy. Actually being pursued by two hitmen. And one of them kidnaps her. So that's her fiasco and, and, and adventures heading from California to Vegas with this hitman who was holding on to her for 
to get the gun back from from Jerry. So basically a, a ransom situation. <laughs> Or blackmail. I, I don't really know which way. Maybe a little both. Exactly. I don't know like what like what he was actually trying to do. Like she didn't know where Jerry was, except for in, yeah. in Mexico, which is a big ass dusty place. She didn't have any numbers for for him or anything of that nature. Were you going mm-hmm. to meet him somewhere? Like it was just so that part of it was just like not well thought out. Not mm-hmm. maybe on the writers, but on like the development of the character and why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It was weird. It was very, very weird. But it also unfolds later in the movie. So, yeah. But Winston had a interesting, interesting uh, arc through that. We learn a, a lot more about him than we do a lot, a lot of the other characters. Gosh, man, he's actually you know. Let's actually do that, man. Let's go ahead and jump into these characters a bit. Our lead, Brad Pitt, as uh, Jerry Walbach, and you know we 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 said a few things for, about him before, but this, and I'm gonna leave most of it for you, Javi. But I just want to say that this is an interesting role for Pitt, man. He usually plays mm-hmm. the suave, debonair, usually the smartest, coolest person in the room, like the untouchable, mm-hmm. right? This film, he's like a mafia gopher who's entrusted with picking up a special, valuable pistol, and he's like dope. He's kind of clumsy, <laughs> clueless at times. Yeah. But he's fun though. <laughs> yeah, just that like uh like the things just happen and he's just like, okay, what yeah. next? <laughs> like he's so numb to the bad things that happen to him. All the time. So it's just another day. Just another day. <laughs> but we also see him being kind of brave. We see him trying to handle the situations the best he can. They don't turn out the the way he wants them to, but he's he's trying. <laughs> he's just trying to work off this debt, and it's just not working. No, he has a. You're right. He's trying to work off this debt, and he has a north star. Right, his north star is Vegas with the woman that he loves, mm-hmm. um, so he can just live out the rest of his day. So he doesn't have a target on his back. Right, that's why he wants to do this one last job. Um, but. Once you're wrapped up in that mafia world, man, one, it's hard to get out to double crossing and stuff like that. But his, his, his character was just fun to take us through this adventure, right? He's drinking tequila. He's chasing thieves. He's getting arrested, <laughs> you know, you know, with this. And then he's all with this trusty, dusty sidekick mutt throughout the movie. Like, what was up with the dog? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the dog was interesting he played a little a small role yeah when he had the guy tied up out in the desert and he had the football on his head yeah <laughs> doug just was looking at the football in the guy's head and growling and he didn't want to move uh, so I, I i i will say, say this guys uh definitely check th- this movie out it's on paramount plus and amazon prime right now and Gore Verbinski, the director, he also directed the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And you will see different motifs, things that he used in Pirates that you'll see also right right here. And it's just fun, interesting, and just the, the dog as the animal sidekick who doesn't really have a role, like a central part, but he's just kind of there in the background. Uh, That's just something that kind of Gore does throughout his movie. So I definitely enjoyed that. Awesome, man. Let's move down to uh, Julia Roberts, Sam. Yeah. 
what can we not say about this rock star of a woman? She plays uh, like just a an everyday woman. Yeah. She's not playing like a a supermodel. She's not playing like down in the dumps woman. She's just playing an everyday woman, just trying to have her have her boyfriend and just trying to have this fantasy life that she wants. And I love her in this role because she can do that. She just she just plays that woman like, you know, I love this man and we got to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I wrote down, man. She's a caring, loving girlfriend who set up with Jerry shit. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, we're, we're done. She broke up with him because he wouldn't stay with her and take her to Las Vegas. He said, I'm done with it. Like like you said, she has this this dream of them living in Vegas, her being this, uh, well, what type of waitress was it? Like, it was like a cocktail waitress. What was it in Vegas? Yeah. Something of that nature? Yeah. Yeah, I forget where her her story actually went. You know, it was but, a dream of something there. Yeah, you know, and and that's her, her her dream. But you know, she's not also forgiving of the predicament that she's in with this guy who works for yeah. the mafia, and you know, he's got to do. If he doesn't do this, he's probably dead. So, kind of kind of conflicting there, and she's not one to easily reason with her and Winston basically travel side by side the whole movie yeah we learn a lot about her and we learn a lot about winston uh but mainly we see her as that like you said that comforting woman you know this guy kidnapped her but yet the whole time they're traveling she's very kind of kind of caring like trying to figure out this dude's deal yeah not really like worried about it not at all, man. <laughs> Mind you, James Gandolfini is not a small man. Yeah. Um, he's kind of got a towering presence to him. And she's just hanging out with him and finds yeah. him actually very interesting and finds solace in him as well. She she shits on Jerry the entire time, right? She just talks mad junk. And then there's Winston, on the other hand, who's explained to her, what they have between Jerry and, and Sam is something special, but that's yeah. not really coming through to her. Right. So awesome. I'm glad that we started talking about uh, Winston Baldry slash yeah. Leroy, man. Let's jump into this. This is my favorite character in this movie. Uh, a fantastic stellar role for Gandalf E.D., man. Like probably one of his <laughs> best that I've ever seen. Um, talk to me, man. What'd you think? Very kind of, loving honestly like even like right after the initial of course you know shooting the other uh assassin guy to get sam instead of the other guy he's just like i'm not gonna kill you i just want to use you to get to this gun that's all i want to do because i'm not gonna kill you you know she's asked him you know are you gonna rape me and he's like no i'm not gonna rape And it's just, and from that point on, it was just like, it was just buddy, buddy, you know, all the way up until they made it to Vegas. Yeah. And he was still stern about things and he was still, um, you know, I, I'm your kidnapper, you know, still had that going, but all in all, it was really interesting to watch that, the role of the victim and the kidnapper and then be kind of friends. (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, it's what do they call it? Like Stockholm syndrome when like <laughs> you actually become friends with who you you know, and you start loving the person that kidnapped you or whatever yeah. did whatever to you. Yeah, so that works. Yeah. Um, but no, this this guy he plays that intelligent gay hitman. Um, <laughs> that is actually a very important part of this. Who has a soft side, but you don't you know want to get on his bad side. You can still see the veracity oh. in his eyes and kind of the fear. Um, that he sets upon people as well. So, like I said, man, probably the best character in the film. He's he's nuanced, um, and shows yeah. a lot of depth in this role. Uh, you know, he kidnaps Samantha, but she takes a liking to him, especially when she finds out that he one is intelligent, but also finds out that he is um a gay man, and she goes, "Oh, that's interesting and fun." Like I got a new, I got, I got a gay best friend now. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of how, how it kind of played. So, you know, they, they have a lot of discussions. Winston's character finds somebody on the way to Vegas. They hook up. He actually starts to like this person. And it, there's actually that one scene when they're all kind of like dancing and, you know, having a good time in, in the, in the bed, bedroom. Uh, Samantha starts to think that they're friends. Yeah, that's why I brought up like Stockholm syndrome, right? Like, she knows the situation. He's only in it for the yeah. pistol. He doesn't really want to hurt her. He's not going to rape her. Obviously, well, he's a professional. He's a very good professional. Right. He, he yeah. says that through the whole movie. He's professional. <laughs> he knows, you know, the the boundaries that he has to keep. Yeah. Well, you know, they they think they're friends, and like you said, they're partying or whatever. And he goes to hook up with this dude, and. He handcuffs her to the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Very you know, smart. So he, he knows what's going on. He's not. I think she's the one that's really got that that going on, like you said, like thinking they're friends or whatever. And he's just a professional. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to play that role. Made her feel really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that very quickly that he goes from that friend role to back to professional hitman real quick the best thing i liked about him is he he knows he has a like a bloody grisly past right but he's also this this caring intelligent loving human being um you kind of get the sense that he wants to change his his life he wants to change his stars he kind of wants to leave this behind kind of like if this is his last job as well you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but really can't, you know, because once you're in, it, it, it's really hard to kind of get out of that type of lifestyle. Yeah. In regards to being a, a, a hit man. And I, the thing I loved most about Gandolfini's uh, job uh, role as, as Winston Baldry is, it, he played it as a very... I, I guess the best word is just intelligent, man. Intelligent and, and, and soft and and nuanced. But, like, you don't want to cross this guy at the same time. No, not at all. How he took out the other hit. The other hitman came back, by the way, guys. Yeah. Um, but how he took out the other hitman after what happened, you know, threw the yeah. guy out, out, out the window, it was. <laughs> that was intense. Yeah. That's where that switch flipped again, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, the best performance in this movie definitely goes to uh, Gandalfini. 
movie theaters are back open. And I've been using my Regal Unlimited Pass to see literally everything on the planet. Uh, you know, I walked in there and ready to get my normal order. Large popcorn and a large cherry Coke. One of the amazing crew members at the Starlight Cinema here in Charlotte stated they no longer carry Coke products. <laughs> but now only carry Pepsi products. All right. Well, Regal, uh, there was one free promotion for you. So uh, just hit us up for the next one. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but it, but anyways, uh, just curious about where you're going with the whole Coke-Pepsi situation. I mean, I get it. They now serve Pepsi. But they don't even have wild cherry Pepsi, man. That is literally my That's jam every time I go to the movies. Large popcorn, large cherry flavored cola. It's just sad, and it's messing up my whole movie going experience, man. <laughs> Javi, uh, this is really messing with me, man. What what is your go-to at the movie theater concessions? Uh, I stick with the large popcorn, and usually go for root beer. Oh, there's there's always a root beer. I mean, one brand or the other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, a box. Don't I don't want to have the uh, the bag, but a box of Sour Patch Kids if I'm feeling adventurous that day. Nice, nice, nice. So interesting, right? And that's I'm not a real like sweets guy at the movie outside of my cherry mm. coke. But I had a buddy in college who would put Reese's pieces. And M&M's in his popcorn and go to town. He said it was this this crazy mix of salt and sweet and chocolate and peanut butter. It's just, it was just entirely too much stuff going on. And I don't share popcorn with people anyway, unless you're my wife. So, you know. So you wouldn't, you didn't share that large number one combo? If I'm ever uh, uh, a little low in my pockets. No, that's <laughs> you know and as always uh we like to hear from our listeners as well and see uh what you guys enjoy the theater and you can contact us on our socials yeah guys you can always find us and communicate with us on facebook at movie in a pod and on twitter and instagram at symbol movie in a pod All right, man, moving right along here. We got J.K. Simmons. You know, the reason why we're even doing this movie, uh, because he was in our last one. So we're going to try to keep this going on throughout the season two, uh, movie in the pod. We got J.K. Simmons as Ted Slocum. I got that wallpaper I told you about that I was going to get of him all swole from last week. So when I'm working out, (laughs) I look at my phone, my inspiration's right there. Just keep pumping, man. (laughs) Got to keep pumping, bro. Just going to look like J.K. Simmons in... The Tomorrow War, man. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a lot smaller than this movie, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, J.K. Simmons, uh, Ted Slocum. It's kind of like Jerry's handler, I guess. Yeah. Within the, the mob situation he's in. He plays a decent part in this movie, but it's not nothing that, if he wasn't in the movie, I don't think it would heard it too much he just got a small role <laughs> i'll say this exa- and that's exactly what i was gonna say man it's not a big role it's a very small role in regards to being jerry's handler actually that's a better yeah. word to use uh, he's jerry's handler i said that he's the the mob fixer you know who kind of handles some of the day-to-day operations and stuff and 
he's close with Jerry, but only, you know, the type of guy who only knows what he needs to know when he needs to know it. Yeah. You know, he's, and that's basically it, man. He He's actually, when Jerry's in trouble, Jerry contacts him and he goes down to Mexico and Jerry starts to understand he's being set up. Maybe he's more of like a, uh, a cleaner. Is that what you were saying? Like, like yeah. he, he, when somebody messes up, he's there to go in and kind of fix the situation or yeah. take care of yeah. the situation if one of these other uh, lower-tiered people mess up. Exactly, exactly. That's kind of what I feel like he's there for. But he just turns into another person trying to kill Jerry. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> sent, sent to kill Jerry and try to recover this gun. Just go to Mexico and kill, kill this man, right? <laughs> so he's... Like I said, very small role for JK. Um, didn't make or break this movie, but I will say yeah. it's always great to see Simmons uh, in front of the camera. So that oh, was yeah. fun. All right, man. So let's talk about these sets. We have the beautiful LA landscape. You know, it's in literally every movie. You know, we have a few short shots of Vegas, but where the movie really thrives, you know, having our characters in this hot, desolate, dry country of mexico yeah they are in san luis yes mexico. yes and in san luis you know he's jerry's traveling in that el camino you know mm-hmm. this, whether he's driving in this el camino a rusty old pickup truck or donkey you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah the donkey yeah. you know he's you know, I, that was actually like one of my favorite parts because his car gets stolen his el camino gets stolen it's rental yeah and he just looks and sees this guy with a donkey and just and then it just cuts to him on the donkey going through this <laughs> tunnel or whatever man yeah i laugh i laugh really good there because he gets off the donkey and he's like yelling at the donkey right <laughs> like to come on and then the donkey goes back the other way <laughs> so he's just standing there he's like no donkey you know, uh, he looks he looks dried up you know with his dry skin and it looks really exhausted from the heat. Yeah. And that's kind yep. of the entire Mexico style here. Mm-hmm. You know, the buildings and the landscape are beautiful, bringing you into this world of Mexico. Yeah, very um, authentic. Yeah, authentic, just, yeah, just beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. All the all the set pieces, even like the hotels and how they're just like the wallpapers crafted and everything. You just know yeah. that you're in Mexico. You're in a Mexican city. Um I also love how the characters are always sweating. Like that's <laughs> right. I mean, it's just hot. It's a, it's, it's very hot. so. It's like a minor detail in the in the overall movie, yeah. but it adds the value to the sets and how hot it is. Almost as if like the heat, the sun, the dryness is a like character itself. Well, I mean, it is when you get into those kind of authentic towns where there's not AC in every building. Mm. I'm sure there is a lot of it, but there's still areas that are, you know, struggling just like anywhere around here that the luxuries still aren't there. Yeah. So you get, you know, a little shitty hotel room that you may just have to have the windows open. Good God. (laughs) (sighs) I can never do it, man. I got to have a little bit of AC, man. Good God. So, but it, it just definitely adds character to, adds another character to this list of characters already in this movie. So... Like I said, sets fantastic job. Let's talk about Alan Silvestri for the music, the score. This man is one of the best composers 
on the planet. I love in this movie how every character has a theme song. You know, even the backstory of the pistol is laced with like yeah. you know authentic Latino sounds and beautiful instruments it's like the same and everything. One every time too. Oh, dude, it's just it's fantastic though. Yeah. And like <laughs> the score makes you care more about what is going on with these characters, right? Yeah. Some people have the score in the background and it's just there, and you're really focused on the dialogue, uh, which is very important. But the score is what kind of tunes you into exactly what's going on. Because I can even say, like, Carmen was watching a little bit of this with me, and when the music changed, she, like, looked up from her phone and started queuing in on what's going on. And she felt, she was just entranced into what was going to end. The music got her there. So, yeah. Love the score, man. All right. So, talk to me, man. What does this movie really uh, speak to you about as far as any kind of themes that, that you picked up on? didn't feel anything like specific like yeah. uh something to take home with me from this movie when i left the if i were to see it in a theater when i left the theater it wouldn't make me leave going okay you know whatever whatever but it's kind of a mix of a bunch of stuff yeah right uh, if you want to dig that deep into it you know you got jerry who like like i've been saying just has the worst luck <laughs> but he just pushes through everything and goes to the next thing and tries to figure it out. And then goes to the next thing. He, you know, he he just pushes through until he finally gets to where he feels he's tough enough to talk to this guy, to, to Margulies, and say, you know, you know, what what are we gonna do here? What can we do to to get this gun stuff settled? Yeah. You know, he's talking to this crime guy who's been running his life, you know, even though he's in prison. So you got some character development there. You know, Jerry and Sam's uh love for each other prevailing in the end <laughs> kind of right <laughs> she killed a guy to to save him right <laughs> yeah yeah so you kind of got that love story you know that's what i'm saying if you how deep you want to dig into it but i mean it's just really a fun movie yeah at man. the end of the day uh, you know it's it's a fun movie with a lot of characters a lot of character development from yeah from Jerry and Sam in the beginning to Jerry and Sam at the end and all these characters that have kind of, they've kind of in, walked past, you know, met and, and interacted with within, within this film, right? Uh, kind of something that it speaks to me about, man, I, I wrote down is about love. You know, Jerry knowing he loves Sam. He knows that yeah. without a shadow of his doubt, wants to live in Vegas with her, wants just to go off there and do that. Um, but her not understanding how Jerry actually loves and that, right? you know, and that's kind of like her character development, how she needs to figure that out, that he's not going to love her the way that she wants him to do. He's going right. to love her the way that he knows how, and she's going to have to either accept it or move on. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Just you know. I mean, it's true. True d- for everybody. Digging deep, us. bro. Digging deep there. Yeah, dig deep. <laughs> you went deep. Yeah, yeah. Also about changing. <laughs> also about changing your stars, right? I I, I love that that term. Uh, changing your stars, changing your life. Uh, Jerry does not want to be a mafia gopher anymore. Right. Yeah, he just wants to live out the rest of his life with Sam in in Vegas. 
Uh, well, I don't think can't. he ever did want to be that. Though. Yeah, <laughs> but he is. He though. just yeah. kind of, yeah, he kind of <laughs> got stuck in the situation, right? Um, and then the other thing is, is Leroy Winston um, wants to fall in love and forget about his violent past. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of feels like he wants to move past that. So kind of want to change his stars. Uh, also keeping your, your promises. That's that's kind of like the, the the last thing. Jerry wants to once again be in Vegas with Sam, but he's working on that. He's got something he's got to do, and I'll be there with you, baby. <laughs> and then Margulis, right? right? Uh, very very short here, but Margulis is keeping the promise to his cellmate uh, to return the pistol pistol to the rightful place. You know, so just mm-hmm. just some reoccurring themes that that I saw through this movie uh, that I thought like, oh man, I can you know, not really take home with me, but just some yeah. things and what the, the director and the writer, what they were trying to tell within the story right. itself. So. All right. That is 2001, the Mexican hobby. What'd you think about this movie? How many buckets of popcorn do you give it, sir? I'm gonna give this one a two out of five buckets of popcorn. Okay. Uh, you know, three is basically the average movie. This is a fun movie, but I didn't I didn't feel like there was a big big rounded out story for it. It was fun, you know, everybody had their parts and things like that. I definitely watch it again. But like I said before and kinda in our other thing, it didn't really to me and you pointed out great points about it, but to me it didn't really give me that end of the movie kinda let me wrap my head around this type type deal. Yeah. Uh but all in all great movie. Uh, what about you, man? You know, this is a solid film from Gore Verbinski. Uh, you know, he creates a, a fun adult-type adventure throughout Mexico and trusts his actors to deliver yeah. fantastic scenes in every frame. Uh, this movie gets three bucks of popcorn for me, man. Like you said, it's it's that average movie. Uh, definitely not my favorite Brad Pitt movie. Definitely not my uh, least favorite. Um, he didn't take his shirt off enough. But that's, that's on, <laughs> Come on, you got Tro- <laughs> Troy. I just want to watch Troy over and over again. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we got one more, one more bucket if that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's a straight five buckets, bro. Like just oh, straight, oh. Po- hey. you know, straight combo number one times five. <laughs> uh, but no. <laughs> As you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, we're big Brad Pitt fans. So, oh, yeah. uh, but no, this is the best part of this is seeing a very different Brad Pitt, and that was the most fun for me. Yeah, I wouldn't say screwball, but maybe a step above that. You know, um, <laughs> three buckets of popcorn, man. I definitely would post up and watch this again. Good deal. All right, team. A reminder as to how we'll be picking movies for season two. We are picking an actor from the movie of the week and watching movie of theirs. You can help pick the movie as well and get a shout out if we pick your movie. So pick an actor from our next movie and send us a message about it. Thanks again for subscribing to this week's episode, Talking Through the Mexican. Next week, we'll be discussing the 1993 flick, The Pelican Brief. And that is streaming on Netflix. I am Clyde Smith, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as I am Clyde D. Smith. I am Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. J8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.